0: Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us the Mouthy Milltowners, and welcome in everybody to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. I'm JT Macbanks. Is on the line. Just rolled in from out of town, folks. Spent the last four days uh, down in Charleston with my daughter, and uh, that was great. So literally just walked in the door, had a little bite to eat, and what do I do? Fire up a podcast, because that's what normal people do. Said no one ever. Mac Banks is on the line. He's calling in since we are recording a little bit late, later than we normally do. Mac, how you doing, bud?
1: Pretty good. How are you?
0: Uh, another day in paradise. And uh um, you know the the bare naked lady song says one week, right? Well, all it takes is one week in this town and things can <laughs> go all different kinds of different ways. Uh, let's start with the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets and talk about a streak coming to an end and but against a familiar opponent.
1: Yeah, they uh, they beat um Felgen, who they've, you know, pretty much owned the series against and the in like 23 occasions now There, i guess they're 18 and 5 against them uh going back to 1978 when they first started playing them um they obviously haven't played them every year but um usually when they do play them uh i don't say it's a guaranteed win but it's it's it, the chances go up against uh against a team like Lugolf. um however the past five years they've pretty much they were two and two. Um, Four mil won twice, golf won twice, so the series was a little bit more even than it has been in years past. Um, nevertheless, four mil, uh, they look good. Uh, Quinn Kelly uh, looked real good under center at quarterback. Um, and he, I mean, he was a field general, for lack of a better word, and was able to really lead the offense. Um the only part really is he was under pressure constantly, which, you know, he's only a sophomore and he's young. Um so and granted that wasn't his fault, but he you know, he needs more protection, better protection if he's going to to last. Um and you know that comes with the offensive line. But uh and, and the defense really, the defense really stepped up. Uh, it's probably the best game I've seen them play in the past two years, really. I mean, Fort Mill was going on almost two years uh, without a win. Um, Actually, you know, Sunday the 17th was two years ago that they beat Lugolf. And uh, so they went 728 days, if my math is correct, Until last, until Friday on the fifteenth, and got the win. So, um, it was it was good to see, especially for Fort Mill. Especially with the win coming at home, Um, you're glad to see it. Now, granted, they still have a you know tough schedule to go. They got Region Three Five A to play and start that. They've got York coming up this uh, Friday. So you know they they took some big steps. Heading in the right direction, and hopefully, um, hopefully, the ball is 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 rolling in the right direction now.
0: I mean, I just find it really, really interesting that uh, in the Rob McNeely era, I think he's now three and three against Lugolf Elgin, I believe. Um, Sounds about right, yeah, or, or three and two, something along those those lines. So, and he's talked a lot over the last couple of years about one of his biggest challenges is getting his kids to believe that they can go out there and win uh the other thing that he preached is um that he's been preaching for a long long time is don't fort mill cannot afford to beat fort mill but i tell you what i didn't watch the game i wasn't there i was down in charleston but i listened to it on the radio and what it sounded like to me mac was in the first half anyway neither team could really get it together there was a lot of penalties a lot of mental mistakes in that, that first 24 minutes of football.
1: Yeah, it, there was a lot of penalties. Um, I will think Fort Mill had like nine penalties in the first half for like 85 yards if I remember my stats correctly. Obviously, that's unofficial. But, yeah, there was a lot of penalties. There's a lot of, um, you know, 15-yard penalties, you know, things like that, not just your, you know, five-yard sides type stuff. But um, it was kind of sloppy, both teams in the first half. I mean it was seven three, four mil, entering halftime. So, you know, and we kind of joked in the press box, you know, first first team to twenty wins and you know, it, it was it's pretty much how it turned out. I mean, there the refs were I don't want to say bad, but you know, stuff would happen and then they wouldn't signal. They wouldn't they wouldn't do like you see on T V, they wouldn't come to the side and signal and even coach McNeely was like well what happened Well, was it a hole what 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 did you call it? you threw a flag but you're not signaling anything and so i know that was frustrating for them it was frustrating for the people in the press box because you know you think it's a hole but then you know or you think it's off size but then they back it up 15 yards or whatever you're like all right well it's obviously not that so yeah um I not the first time that's happened by the
0: That happened, what, a couple years ago? Where when there was a signal given, it was so super quick and early that nobody saw it. And same kind of thing. Both head coaches were like, well, I don't know whether to decline it or to accept it because I don't know what the penalty is. And it, it sounded like it was dragging the game on and on, which does not make it entertaining for the fans at all. And like you said, it makes it very difficult for the clock operators. It makes it difficult for the public address announcer and anybody in the media trying to cover the game.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I know for example, it was real difficult for, you know, people listening on the radio because, you know, the, the, the radio people, Tyler Cup and, and Mo Bell, um, you know, they were, they were in the same boat that everybody was in the press box trying to figure out, I uh, is this a hold? is this all sides, is this pass interference? Is this, you know, and sometimes there are obviously two flags all on a, all a play, and you don't know if it's the same flag or, you know, for the same call, or one refs see one thing, one rest see the other. So it was very frustrating. Thankfully, in the second half, um, either they just stopped throwing flags as often, or penalties were cut down. So I think Fort Mill only had four, maybe five penalties in the second half. And again, they came out in the third quarter. Went right to it. Um, you know, Kelly was, was kind of beat up in the in the second quarter, came out of the game, went back in the game to start the second half. He hit um uh, number eight. I can't even think of his name. Tanner Mays. Tanner Mays, thank you, over the middle for a huge gain. And then that got the, down in the red zone, and 4 took care of business. <coughs> you know, Kelly took care of business late in the fourth quarter um you know that's one thing that did hurt Fort Mill was a run game and uh he ended up leaving the team in uh rushing yards but he had one big run of uh 41 yards for a touchdown and um you know he only had 44 yards total rushing and he had that one big run and that that helped him uh 48 yard touchdown run by Kelly called back in the first quarter for holding so um, yeah I mean it could have, it could have been a little bit worse I mean 2515 is respectable but it could have been you know 35 15 and something and Lugol scored late so that that you know didn't really change much but um, nevertheless it was it was a great win for four mil I mean I know there's something that uh, Coach menigley and the guys have been working on, working towards. He was very emotional after the game. Um, his his daughter Greer kind of like sprinted out of the stands and and made a bee line for him, and it was it was very touching. I mean, she was you know emotional. He was very emotional. So, and then uh, it's kind of crazy because once people got off the field, and they you know Lugoff kind of got out of the out of there. I guess they just let the fans run on the field and it was something you would see like like they do at Clemson. like after home games they, they kind of everybody gets in the middle of the field and obviously that doesn't happen at four mil too often but it was a neat feeling trying you know we're trying to get off the field you know people are talking to coach McNeely after the game we're trying to get off the field and this no pun intended swarm of students just come running on the field and i'm like i'm like I just got to stop. I mean, cause I didn't want to get ran over cause I didn't know if I should have zigged when I should have zagged or moved. It was wild. And it, it's, it's one of those things you, you know, kind of remember for a long time.
0: Yeah. Self-preservation for sure. But um, yeah, just real quick, a clarification. A lot of people think that Clemson rushes the field after every home game. That's actually not true for, I think seven decades. It's called meeting at the paw. And they open the gates and they allow the fans to come onto the field. In fact, they invite it uh, so the kids can get pictures with the players and things like that. So, no, we, we don't rush the field after beating Charleston Southern. I don't want to let anybody have that impression. But it was great for the Fort Mill uh, students to feel that. And the thing about it is with Greer running out there and being emotional with her dad, I think sometimes we forget losing streets like this, yes, they're very hard on the players, absolutely, They're very hard on the coaches, but they become hard on the families because these coaches have to find some way to continue to be positive, to get the young men to continue to chop wood and believe and and find that first win. Put it to you this way, if you are just started your junior year at Fort Mill High School, that's your first win as a student. So, of course, you're going to celebrate. You know, last year they went
1: 0-10. It was a very rough year. This year they started 0 three, so you know, and they ended 2021, you know, on, on a on a bad note for the most part. So it, it's it's been a while, um, as as we have pointed out in the past, it's been a while. So yeah, I mean, and you and you kind of you kind of look at the schedule every year, and I say, all right, well, this is a game they can win. This is a game they can win, and you're not sure, but you're you're hopeful. And, you know, looking ahead now, you know, they play York. They're they're playing well. York's playing real well. Um, so who knows? I know once we get region play, uh, Spring Valley is a very winnable game for Fort Mill. Um, you know, I've heard that, you know, Spring Valley's struggling a lot. So, but that's down in Columbia. So we'll kind of have to wait and see how that's going to turn out. Um we know Blythewood stuff, Clover stuff, Nation Ford's tough. So it's just kinda of one of those, you know, take it as the old adage goes, you know, take it one game at a time. So
0: And you never want to put the cart in front of the horse, obviously, but uh since you brought it up, that is one thing that um I did on Friday night after the game was over and I couldn't help myself but look at what the future games are for Fort Mill and i did notice the spring valley. spring valley's got a lot of issues. there's there's coaching issues and player issues and all kinds of stuff. so hopefully fort mill can take advantage of that situation there. um but the thing about where i'm going with it is, okay, if fort mill beats spring valley and they find a way to just win another region game, they might be in the playoffs. as crazy as that might sound to folks, but Yeah, I mean that is They they they're back in the
1: picture. Yeah, I mean it's possible. They, I mean, if if things, if everybody beats up on each other, so to speak, and Fort Mill can sneak out a couple wins, say a Spring Valley, say say, an upset, with Nation Ford or something like that, then yeah, they can, they can be dancing their way into the playoffs, for sure.
0: Yeah, so so congratulations to Coach McNeely, his staff and, and the Fort Mill players, uh finally got uh, off the schneid there and uh so hopefully good things better thing better days to come is what I'm trying to say. But like you said, they take on the York Cougars on Friday night. That game is over in the Cougar Den over at York Comprehensive High School. Uh Keith Cook not with us tonight, but he'll be glad to know that his beloved Nation Ford Falcons did not pull a Keith Cook. They did not lose to the bye week. Um, positivity. Uh, but hopefully David Johnson and uh, and Michael Allen and all those uh, coaches and players have kind of gotten mentally and physically refreshed a little bit as uh, Nation Ford is back at it next Friday night. Um, and I literally had it written down, and I can't find out. I can't put my hands on where, who they're playing. Um, Richland, Richland Northeast. Richland Northeast. Thank you. The Cavaliers are yes. Richland Northeast, which I believe that's that's going to be a win for the Falcons. Um, I really yes, do. It should be. Uh, Richland Northeast struggling to score a little bit, and Nation Ford getting healthy at the right time uh, should be gangbusters. Um, continuing on with football, uh, the Catawba Ridge Copperheads. I think before the season started, if anybody us anybody in the media had said after five games Catawba ridge would be one and four and on a four game losing streak i don't think anybody
1: would have believed that yeah i'm kind of surprised at that i mean granted they they played it at chester uh friday night uh chester's a good team chester's a uh and this year the way they're playing they're they're potentially a state championship team um you know they have seen that their their only losses to South Point I think which is two weeks ago, but it's the first time Catawba Ridge has lost to Chester, and you now granted they obviously haven't been playing that long, but it's it's been a struggle so far this year. There's been a lot of injuries. Um, they they've alternated quarterbacks a lot joined um, Andrew Turner and DJ Latimer. Um, Things have just not clicked on all cylinders, and yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they're one and four. You know, going back to what we were saying earlier, looking at the schedule, you think maybe four and one, but not one and four. So, um, you know, things are going to get you know even tougher. They they got a bye week this week, so any injuries they have, hopefully they got a couple weeks to kind of heal, and then they start region play. Um, so it's, I, I don't know. I don't really understand what the issue is. I mean, I, I don't think it's one certain thing. I just think it's kind of a multitude of things that, um, it's just, they're having to deal with.
0: You know, I was listening to the radio on Friday night. I flipped back and forth between devices. And one thing that I I did hear one of the broadcasters at the Catawba Ridge game say uh, that i've that I had forgotten honestly, which is uh the biggest problem that they've had this year was graduation last year uh the number of pieces, not necessarily the the number per se losing twenty kids so so to speak, but who those players were 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 big losses
1: right and Catawba Ridge is young i mean they don't they don't have a lot of i don 't say senior leadership I mean the seniors they do have are, are leaders but number wise they're they're got a lot of underclassmen, not as many seniors as in years past and so now it's just a matter of of i guess installing the the cataw bridge way of doing things and and it's just taking a little bit longer than I think anybody really expected
0: well it's 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 got to be worrying to coach Zach Lindach because he is an offensive guru and uh, everybody knows his, his – he loves to spread them out. Um, he loves to, to go up tempo at times. He loves to run the football, but he also loves to use his weapons. And and so, there, like you said, there are weapons with Catawba Ridge. They are on the young side. Um, but Coach Lindack's not going to use that as an excuse, especially when you're in week five. Um, and in listening to that game throughout, Catawba Ridge was right there. Um, I think defensively yeah. the Copperheads are, are good enough to win – most games that they play on their schedule uh but it just seems like for some reason the offense can't quite find its mojo so to speak and and it just seems like everything seems a little clunky
1: yeah i mean and they start region play um against south point which is going to be tough because it's it's south point and they beat south point last year so you know south point's kind of itching to get some revenge um there's always northwestern Obviously, that's a region game this year. That's at the end of their regular season, but um, you know, it, but they they have very winnable games against teams like Lancaster, which which is very bad this year. There's um, you no know, sugarcoating that Lancaster is very bad. Uh, so they should beat Lancaster. Um, they always play Indian Land tough. Indian Land has struggled for the most part. They're four and one. Um, but three out of their four games, they've won by just one point. Uh, they won uh, Friday 13-12 to 12 against Trinity Christian, which, you know, it's, it's basically what it sounds like. It's, it's a Christian school from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And, you know, they, they have their hands full against them. So Catawba Ridge, you know, they, they're very much a playoff team still. But, you know, they have, hopefully the next two weeks they can get some of the kinks worked out, put the non-region schedule behind them, and, you know, start doing what they're known to do. And hopefully things will come around.
0: Well, and, and I just want to throw this stat out there because this is something that, folks, it, it you will you might see this one other time in your lifetime. Uh, you brought up the Indian Land Warriors. They are 4-1. and one. Their one loss was to Nation Ford by one point. They beat Timberland by one. They beat Palisades by one. And the, like you said, they just beat Trinity Christian by one. So the only game that was uh, one-sided where the Warriors didn't have to sweat it out at the end was the victory over Fort Mill. So uh, if Indian Land obviously knows how to win the close games, they've, they've shown that by and large. But again, they're... <laughs> Their victories, all three victories, are by a single point. You just you don't ever see that.
1: Yeah, and and not to put down their opponents that they have beat, but I mean Trinity Christian's not exactly Northwestern, and and it's not exactly South Point. So things things are going to get a lot harder um, when they start their region play, which I think is in a couple weeks against uh, York, uh, coming out of the gate. And last year that was, I uh, think, came down to the final plays. So it'll be interesting to see what England does and how that affects, you know, things with Catawba Ridge and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, Region 3, 4A is, is no joke. So
0: in case folks, in case you're wondering, Region 3, uh, 4A, that final Friday night of the regular season, which is October the 20th. Yep, I think they did this intentionally. Indian Land at Catawba Ridge. Boy, howdy, that game could carry some serious weight. Um, if both these teams keep going down the road, they're going that that. They, it's not hyperbole to suggest that playoff hosts might be on the line.
1: Yeah, I think I think if nothing else, playoff Seating is probably going to be on the line. I fully expect both Indian Land and Catawba Ridge to make the playoffs, but it's It's you know one of these things where do you want a home game or do you want to you know end up going on the road and then having to drive two and a half three hours to you know somewhere in the middle of South Carolina and, and play a west side or, or something like that to play play a team like Indianland did and and kind of got knocked out you know again on a on a last second play so. Yeah, it's it could very well affect, you know, who gets that number two seed or number three seed. You know, right now it could be one of those things where I think Northwestern's probably going to run away with everything because the way they're playing is is insane. I mean, they went down to the reservation in Gaffney and and you know put a whooping. Yeah, they wore them Indians. out. Indians
0: wore them out. And and yeah. the, the Gaffney Indians, folks. They rarely lose at the reservation, much less get their doors blown off, but that's how good the Northwestern Trojans um, are. We've had one coach actually tell us they thought that Northwestern could win the 4A and 5A state title in football. That's how good uh, Paige Wofford and his crew are. Hey, Mac, let's switch gears and uh, switch over to volleyball. And it was a very interesting week in the town with volleyball. I'm going to start with the boys if you're okay with that. Uh, The Fort Mill boys came into the week kind of around that 500 mark, trying to find their feet a little bit. Um, They played on Monday night. That was uh, down in Rock Hill. They beat Northwestern three sets to one. And then on Wednesday night, for the first time ever, the Milltown Showdown boys volleyball style was in the hive. Uh, Fort Mill versus Nation Ford. Fort Mill won that one. Three to one. They played earlier in the year on Monday, August the twenty-first, which did count as a, a region victory. I found out. Uh, so yes. Fort Mill Sweets, the series um, over at Nation Ford, but um, the Yellow Jackets were in a tournament on Saturday, and they didn't play not once and not twice. They played five times on Saturday. Five times. They tied with Wade Hampton. They lost to Dorman. They tied with Greenwood. They lost to Easily Homeschool and they lost to Travelers Rest. That is a long
1: day. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with these tournaments. Of, and, and they're pretty much like the girls tournaments. They go, they they play pool play, and you know that's probably you know three three games, and then and then they wind up playing um, sometimes two more based on what brackets they're in. They, kinda of like the Olympics gold, silver, bronze, stuff like that. Um it is a long day. It's very tiring. It's thankfully it's best of three sets instead of best of five. Otherwise they'd probably still be there playing. But it's a long day and if you're not I mean if you're not used to it, it, it can take you so long, especially you know, with them playing earlier in the week, you know, playing four sets against Northwestern, three sets against You know, nation Ford, and granted they were both victories, but you know, especially the nation Ford match, that's very you know how that rivalry is. So that's very draining, emotionally, physically, and yeah, it's it's a tough place to play.
0: It it really is. And um, the interesting part about the Fort Mill boys volleyball team is their overall record is five seven and two, but the key key one there is they're three and zero in region play. That's key, um, because that you can make an argument already with three weeks left to play. That three re- region victories probably puts you in line to to make the playoffs. So I think before the season started, if you would have said, "Hey, the boys' volleyball team is going to go five hundred overall, give or take, but make the playoffs," I think most people would take that.
1: Yeah, and at three and zero, you know, you got to look at their. You know, I'm not saying that it's 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 a lot, but they're they're got a good chance of potentially winning the region. Um, you know, granted, not not all schools have volleyball, so regions are kind of different. But I mean, they've got a good chance at it. It pretty much winning the region, and you know, again, maybe finishing 500. I feel sure they'll be in the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting. Because the past couple of years, Dorman has, like they are in most sports, have kind of been the uh, the kings of the volleyball court, and so I think region wise for Fort Mill, Clover is going to be their toughest toughest challenge. Clover's very good when it comes to volleyball. They've been playing a couple of years for the boys, um, even though it's been unsanctioned. They've they have already had their program started. it's, it's more established. So if Fort Mill can sneak one, maybe at home and, and split the season series, that, that would go a long way.
0: Absolutely will. And and this week for uh speaking of the Clover Blue Eagles, that's who Fort Mill plays on Wednesday night. That game is in the friendly confines of the hive. Fort Mill also will take on the Indian Land Warriors on Monday night, uh, September the eighteenth. Now switching gears to Nation Ford uh boys volleyball and uh, got to meet uh their head coach Tori Tisdale and uh was very impressed. I mean she's very straightforward. Uh watching her coach and how she talked to not only her players but to the officials and 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 the bench, she's a no nonsense. You can tell that right away.
1: Yes, yeah, she's very she's very honest. You know, sometimes coaches have coach speak and, and they don't really you know we see stuff, you know, but they don't really admit stuff. But no, she's very, she's very honest, you know. When when they lost to Fort Mill, you know, she was just like, you know, we weren't ready, um, we didn't play well, you know, things like that. And and, and granted, Nation Ford has not got off to the best start in, in boys' volleyball. There, they're one in six, I do believe, something like that. So that's
0: correct, yes, sir.
1: Their one win is a region win. It's against Rock Hill. But um, it's a new, obviously, it's a new thing. Uh, so they're they're having more trouble acclimating and getting their feet adjusted through the sport, and it's just something that's gonna it's gonna take time to come along. And you know they'll get there. It's you know Rome wasn't built in a day, so they'll get there, and they just got to keep working, keep plugging along, and I think the more they do the better they'll get. And, it's, you know, for stuff like this, when you have never played it before, it's just a matter of getting experience. The more sets you play, the more, you know, matches you play, the better you're going to get. So, it's, you know, kind of like trying to hit a baseball. If you don't, if you don't practice that, it's, it's not going to come, you know, naturally. So.
0: Yeah, you got to get that muscle memory in there. And, and speaking of the Rock Hill Bearcats, that's who Nation 4 takes on uh, Wednesday night. That game... I believe, is um, – I believe it's at home.
1: Yeah, it should be at home for, for NAFO Um, cause they did win on the road uh, at Rock Hill. So, they're again, yeah, they're, they are in the mix for the playoffs, I do believe. If they can beat Rock Hill and get another win under their belt, it's a regional win. You know, they're, they should be in the mix. The funny thing is, you know, the high school league really hasn't said a lot about boys – volleyball in regards to playoffs you know number of teams that get in it's not like it's as well known as football or basketball or stuff like that so you know a lot of people are still kind of waiting for that shoe to drop to kind of figure out what's going to happen regarding playoffs who gets in how many you know stuff like that and because not every school has volleyball just like not every school has lacrosse you know you're regions and your leagues are are kind of different so it'll be interesting to see how it all wraps up
0: and that's the thing like normally in region three five a you would have uh nation Ford, fort mill uh clover rock hill spring valley Blythewood. uh Blythwood and spring valley they they don't play boys volleyball so that just goes to your point of how uh different it does look and with not that many high schools around the state having a team, like you said, when because I've had some fans actually ask me after a match, they'll say, "Hey, where does that leave us with the with a, a shot at the playoffs?" And uh, the honest answer is, I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows at this point. And until uh, the league actually says, "Here's what the brackets will look like," we're all just kind of guessing. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's a guessing game. I mean, unfortunately. Uh, they really haven't put anything out there a lot um, and you know in my opinion they're they're pretty bad sometimes at doing that they leave a lot of people hanging to the last minute and you know but without you know Spring Valley without Blythe are having boys volleyball you know you got Clover, Fort Mill, Rock Hill Nation Ford so I don't know if all four make it Normally, in any other sport, those you know four would make it, or if if they're taking two or three. So, who knows?
0: Yeah, and it's really just it's it's kind of just all over the the stinking place. So hopefully they'll get it all uh, worked out. Trying to look down at my notes, the uh, Ross Lacy and his Catawba Ridge uh, Copperheads boys volleyball team. Trying to find um, what
1: happened with them this last week. So they, they, they ran into Clover and they, they got swept, which is, is kind of unusual because despite this being their first year with boys volleyball like Fort Mill, like Nation Ford, they were like 12-5 and five 12, five and 1 before that match. They went to Clover, they got swept 3-0 and there again, it just shows you that Clover is probably the best boys team around here. Um, you know, they're led by a former Fort Mill assistant coach in regards to multiple sports, but uh, Will Plowler, who was at Fort Mill before he went to Clover with Bailey Jackson. Uh, Will Prowler's been over there for a long time. Um, he's the boys' coach over there, and they're they're probably the cream of the crop when it comes to boys' volleyball so far. Um, I would think that. Catawba Ridge is right there, you know, close to them. But, you know, there again, it's a young program. It's in its first year. And I think that, you know, as time goes by, and granted, you've got, it's a 4A, 5A thing. So as time goes by, they're just going to get better from the copyright standpoint. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think,
0: They'll, they'll be fine. So and uh let's switch over to to girls volleyball and we'll stay on uh with the Catawba Ridge uh Copperheads um Alicia Lisi, the head coach of the the Lady Copperheads. Um kind of been a real streaky team. Uh, they came out of the box uh with a win this year, then kind of went on a three-game losing streak, and now they've won, I believe, three matches on the spin they had a, a, a victory over indian land or no no, they didn't play indian land i don't believe or did they no they
1: played they played indian land um and they, they won uh, i think they're looking back if i can remember they're four and oh in region play and they still need to play northwestern they haven't seen them yet but yeah you're right they they have been streaky they came out early they won a couple matches and then they you know started dropping matches and I think overall they're like six and five. So yeah, they're, not, they're not six the and, best record overall six and four overall. But like getting, you said,
0: three and zero in region play. I've seen yeah. Northwestern play uh, volleyball. Um, the Trojans are six and six. I I really believe Catawba Ridge. Um, I think they get <laughs> the job done against the Trojans. I
1: really do. Yeah, I think I think honestly, you know, now that they're in region play. Um, They really, they've got a couple tournaments left. Um, Like we were talking about, like the boys. That's that's one of those things you go and you play all day and you play five matches or six matches or whatever. Um, So they got a couple tournaments left. They've got one match against Fort Mill, uh, I think sometime later in September. But for the most part, it's Northwestern this coming Tuesday, and then it's the second round, so to speak, of region play and they they very easily could just run the table. I don't think there's a lot of challenges out there um York's pretty decent they uh but you know Koridge beat them in four, so I think that's the only set they've dropped so far in region play, so we'll see, but i think I think they can very easily run the table in uh, region three four a
0: and moving over to uh, Craig Brown's uh, Nation Ford Falcons, uh, they had a nice little winning streak going there till they stubbed their toe against Marvin Ridge, but they got back on their perch uh, this past week. They took down uh, the Clover Blue Eagles three sets to one, and then swept Blythewood uh, three zip. Uh, so ten and three overall for Craig Brown's Nation Ford Falcons, and they are two and zero in region play. And they have already defeated Catawba Ridge, so they could be the Milltown champion once they play Fort Mill. But they got to play the Jackets uh, twice, home and away. So, uh, but that's they don't play each other until Tuesday the twenty sixth. So that's uh, not this that week, but next week. Um, yeah. Their next match is on the road Tuesday night. Uh, they're at Rock Hill, who's ten and two. So uh, two heavyweights going nose to nose on uh, monday night um if i didn't have to work a game i'd drive down there and watch that one myself but um that will be uh fun to watch and then thursday night uh falcons go to spring valley and then on friday night they're going to take on dobbins bennett um she got a sister uh (laughs) dobbins bennett and i I tell you believe it or not i'm actually familiar with that school they're known for their band um dobbins bennett is in kingsport tennessee that band has won a grand national championship maybe uh, multiple ones um when when my daughter was in the fort mill band we went to indianapolis because fort mill made uh the grand nationals the up in indianapolis and when dobbins bennett came on to the to that turf with all their equipment and props and everything, it went the entire 120 yards. It, it so, um, but that's their band. If their volleyball team's anything like their band, Craig Brown's got his hands full because uh, they're they're really really good. But uh, nonetheless, that's the setup for uh, the nation four Falcons again, 10 and 3 overall, very impressive, 2 and 0 in region play. The Fort Mill Yellow Jackets had a week that I don't think a lot of people saw coming um, I know the team very well I didn't see it coming uh, Tuesday night they were able to get past a, a, a pesky Blythewood squad um, it it took obviously five sets to do it so it was nip and tuck in there um, ironically enough the two sets that the the Bengals won they won both of those sets 28 26 uh so they it was a dog fight. But then on Tuesday night, or Thursday night rather, at home against the Rock Hill Bearcats and, and Mac Banks they lost it three sets to two. I don't think anybody saw that coming.
1: Yeah, I I I didn't see it coming. I was surprised when I saw it. Um you know, I know Rock Hill's always had a great volleyball program with under Cindy Elder, you know, she's retired and I think the program stepped Step back a little bit when she retired because she got a new coach in. New coach wants to establish their philosophy, so on and so forth. But it seems like the old Rockies Bearcats volleyball teams are back. And, you know, that's got to be a little nerve wracking for teams like Fort Mill, teams like Nation Ford, because, you know, I was surprised that Fort Mill lost, you know, when I saw that. And if, if they play like they played against Fort Mill, then. You know, nation four may have their hands full, so it it just kind of goes to show you now that if lacrosse volleyball is back, then then you know it, it could be a dogfight for region three, 5A.
0: And, and head coach Michaela McCrory has done an outstanding job um, with the Lady Yellow Jackets, six and two overall, but one and one in region play. And if you obviously they have aspirations for a region championship. I've said this a gazillion times because a a championship coach told me if you want to win a region championship, you have to protect your home floor and then steal a few on the road. Uh, So that is a a big bite into that. Uh, They will try to get revenge on the Bearcats on October 3rd. But this week for Fort Mill, uh, two, I would argue, two tough matches. uh, Thursday night, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday night, they are at Spring Valley. But Thursday night, uh, Mac Banks, they play the Clover Blue Eagles and then on Saturday in a tournament against the Indian Land Warriors. So this week, pretty important for Fort Mill if they want to get back on track and, and still have – and try to put their name in the hat for a region title.
1: Yeah, I think I think they'll get back on track. Uh, you know, Coach McCoy, it's a very good coach. She knows what she's doing. And, you know, I was talking to a coach earlier this week and, and they were saying, you know, sometimes – you just come out flat, and it's hard to recover from that if you don't get off to a good start. And the other team sees that, hey, you know, we're doing better than we thought we could. And so it's sometimes things just, you know, there's like a domino effect, and it goes wrong. Thankfully, you know, there there are other opportunities, and I feel like they will bounce back. Um, I feel like they could bounce back against Clover. They could definitely bounce back against Indian Land because um, Indianland girls volleyball are they're struggling. They've only won two matches, so um yeah, they've they've got a lot of a lot of more volleyball left to play. So I think they'll be alright.
0: Yeah, so um while we've got about 15 minutes left before we have to to call it a a podcast and we still got a bunch to roll through. Um if you don't mind, if we could just roll through uh girls tennis real quick um all three schools.
1: Yeah, well, the, the bad thing is weather hasn't always cooperated. That's that's the bad thing about, you know, fall sports is, you know, the, these courts get wet. You can't really play on them. Uh, Catawba Ridge is, is kind of behind in, in the number of matches they would have normally played by now. Um, they are 4-0. Um, they beat South Point 6-0, and, and they're earlier this week um, nation Ford they played even less matches there. I think they're 2-1, and one, something like that. Um, they continue to do well. 4 Mill had a lot of matches. They won back-to-back matches against, I think, uh, Rock Hill and some other school. I can't remember who. But then they had to go to Clover, and they ended up playing like three matches in three days. Then they went to Clover, lost 4-2. So it's it's just one of those things where you... You know, you you plan three matches in three days. Um, you win two out of three. And that's pretty good. But they're, I think they're one and one in region play. So uh, the weather is really not cooperated with tennis. It seems like everything from heat, having to cancel matches because it's you know mid nineties earlier in the in the year in August to you know. everything looks fine and then you we know how it is around here everything looks fine and then 15 minutes later the bottom drops out so it's just been a struggle to get matches in for for all three teams when they have got matches in they've they've done pretty well all three teams so here's to having some good weather here's to continued success i think so far catawba ridge looks like they're they're back on top and heading in the right direction for region three four a um they're again fort mill nation Ford. i think they're the they're going to be the top two teams to really you know battle for that that region championship they both look strong they both got a lot of experienced players and i think it's going to come down to those two teams um clovers, clover's better than they have been in the years past so clover i would I would say is probably your sleeper squad in region 3 5a for uh girls tennis but who knows like it's, it's a long season it's kind of even longer considering you know the, the struggles they've had with uh, mother nature
0: yeah it does make it um extremely challenging um how about uh where are we at with swimming this past week what happened with that
1: we in the pool. That's where we at. at. Um, but, no. We, uh, Nation 4 had their senior night. Was, they had a quad meet. Um, so, it was them and three other schools. And they took care of business. They swept them very easily. Really wasn't close. Really hasn't been close so far. They beat Rock Hill, Spring Valley, and Riverwalk Academy. So, you know, they picked up two regional wins. Uh, so, they swept the. Uh, quad meet. Um, four Mill did the same. Fort Mill was swimming over in Rock Hill at the Rock Hill Aquatic Center and then they swept their quad meet. So Fort Mill still undefeated. Nation Ford's got really one loss, I think, and that's, you know, swimming to Fort Mill, was swimming against Fort Mill. Um, Fort Mill beat Clover Northwestern and Andrew Jackson over at the Rock Hill Aquatic Center. Um, Fort Mill looks extremely strong. The three schools uh, have their equivalent of uh, the Milltown Showdown. They call it the Fort Mill Fallout. Um, So it's basically they have a tri-meet this coming Thursday at the Fort Mill Aquatic Center. Um, and, And like I said, Fort Mill looks extremely strong. You know, they're only about a month away from the 5A and 4A state uh, swim meets. So, you know, you got both schools, especially in the 5A area, Fort Mill, Nation Forward, uh strong swimmers. Um, you can easily have individual state champions, but I do believe that Fort Mill uh, could do well. Again, down, uh, down in Columbia, I do believe it's on the uh, campus of USC, Again at the natatorium and uh, you know we should we should be seeing their regular season come to an end pretty soon. They'll have their individual region championships which is basically just you know it's, it's not necessarily for a team championship it's for individual region championships which is kind of the last chance they'll have to qualify for the state meet and then they'll have the state meet a couple of weeks later and uh, we'll see. You know, Fort Mill being the defending 5A girls' state champion. Fort Mill boys ran second last year, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things are uh, happening. So, we'll see uh, who brings on titles.
0: Let's uh, switch over to cross country real quick. And uh, was it another week and more of the same for Fort Mill?
1: Yeah, I really – I don't think they ran this this past – weekend i don't recall seeing anything um i know it's one of those sports like we've talked about in the past where you know you run on the weekend and that's about it so really haven't seen anything in regards to how they've done recently so i don't know couldn't really tell you anything for sure but uh there again, I do believe that, you know, when we've talked to Coach Whitaker and, and you know, they're going to continue to get better. Times are going to continue to drop. Um, so, as, and especially I think as, as the temperature drops and things get cooler, their times will they'll times will continue to drop as well. So, um, they're, they're doing pretty well. I think them and Nation 4 and Citarba Ridge are all doing pretty well, so uh we'll kinda of wait and see how that turns out.
0: And before we have to close out here, is there anything that I am missing here?
1: Uh besides Keith Cook, no, I don't think so. No, besides Keith.
0: <laughs> how can we forget Keith? Was his heart? Um but yeah, another busy week uh in the Milltown. Uh one next week we'll be uh back on it. Um, trying to line up uh, a guest, um, hopefully we'll be able to do that. We've got a couple of uh, hooks in the water, so to speak, uh, but we'll certainly uh, line those up. I always appreciate you all listening in uh, wherever you may be, whatever, whatever school you pull for or work for. Uh, we wish you all the best, of course. Uh, we are one town, and, and we do try to help each other as best as we possibly can they these wonderful student athletes and started doing the math. You you talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of, of twenty five hundred uh student athletes in the town, so um a lot of great things going on. If you want to be on the show, let us know. MacBanks is the easiest to get in touch with um at MacBanks FM on Twitter or X or whatever the Sam Hill is called now. Um also on Facebook uh you can reach me at uh Fort Mill Broadcasting or FM Broadcasting or uh keith cook's also on there as well we would certainly love to have you You don't have to be a student athlete or a coach um in fact i've got an idea i'm going to run by the boys and maybe if it works it'll be a great guest and i think he would be a wonderful guest but he is not a coach not even working for one of the schools we'll leave that as a secret um hopefully we'll get that uh, worked out moving forward mac anything else to add before we close it out
1: um, no that's pretty much it uh, like you said if you want to be on the uh, podcast please reach out we'll, uh, we'll take pretty much all all comers for the most part um, uh, you don't have to be too qualified because obviously we aren't so exactly, you know
0: it does not take much at all but again we really appreciate it without you fans none of this would be possible uh, we would definitely not be in the chairs that we're in and we do implore you to get out there and uh, watch these young men and women do what they do um, some of these events yeah there it does cost money to get in uh, but a lot of them are free so go out there and support them and, and uh, raise some cane if you want to trust me it does make a difference the coaches and the players feel that energy uh, so get out there and support all three high schools so uh, that'll do it for us this week and, again, many thanks to everybody for all the comments that you've uh, passed along. And we will be back next week for another edition of Maldi Mill But until then, ladies and gentlemen, so long, everybody.